Tonight's episode is sponsored by Mountain Sea Blast. It's coming for you. son. Please remind us all what you are doing. I am currently swimming alongside Og, following a trail of Ikor towards the skinwalker that has absconded with the brave Sir Osmond. Okay. And you are trying to catch up to it at your standard swimming speed? I believe that at the end of the last session I had rolled an act under pressure roll to follow its trail. Okay. So you are self-propelled. You are not doing anything tricky to move faster. I do not have a means to do so. So, If that is what you believe. Well, it would probably be easier if I like grabbed a hold of Og's fin and had Og move both of us through the water as he is built for this sort of thing. So that's what I'm going to do. Hitch a ride on Og. Sounds good. I'm going to need you to roll. To manipulate someone. All right. A three and a three is a six. And, oh, that's right. I get to use my tough for my manipulate somebody. So that's another three. So that's a nine. Og is willing to let you ride him. If you promise not to tell anyone that you did. It will be just between us. And with that, you gain a significant portion of speed. Well done, Og. Sure. Oh, my son. We all have talents. Uh, Sometimes it is frightening to use them, but just know that you're helping for the greater good. And uh, as soon as we get ourselves in a position to save Osmond, uh, I will let go and act as if we got here through the whims of our lord. Sword. Of course. And boom. You progress at much greater speeds. Are you still wearing the trench coat and everything? Uh, I'm wearing the diving gear. Okay. That uh, Trevor gave me. Then this isn't the most awkward thing that could possibly be. Trying to fight underwater in... Full priest garb would be awful. What also is awful is Trevor Ebbs trying to figure out a way to get this thing through the barrier. So, like, I'm just going to hold its hand and let the boat kind of float over the barrier at a nice, at a nice pace. Because, like, you know, I'm not a druid. And, well, I do have this wood foot. But, you know, I don't know what to do with it. Other than, like, step on things. I step on his foot. While we go through the barrier. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to step on his foot and hold his hand while we go through the barrier. Okay. You begin passing through the barrier. I would like you to roll to use magic. Hooray! Well, five and a three is an eight, and my weird is one for a nine. 
you feel a pleasant tingle pass through your leg into your foot as some gentle calming energy radiates out from your new limb. The sea blast, it goes fairly dormant and begins humming the mountain sea blast jingle to itself. You pass through with no further difficulties. Hooray! Well, I give him a pat on the back, and I go back to the, I don't know, wherever the wheel is. Here we go. And before long, you reach the shore. So, like, could I walk him with the scarecrow? Is the scarecrow holding him tough enough? Well, it's kind of docile as you're holding on to him. Oh, cool. Then I'll just, you know, walk it until I meet somebody. Well, as soon as you, you know, start making your way up towards the main top of this island, people are looking at you, frightened, scared. You know, I, I, I wave. The sea blasted kind of waves. See? Open bar. Soon! And Grandma and the Bird Priestess both meet you. Hey, what's up? Check it out. I found a Z. And I wave. I think that this will be a great test of our abilities. We will see if this this works, if we can purify it, or if instead we must purge the land in blood. Wait. Wait, I thought the flower was supposed to cure him. Yes. But if it does not work, we have to cure the land. Fair enough. Fair enough. You mean, like, with the sprinkler, right? The young are always so naive. And the old lady who looks like a little girl takes the sea blasted by the hand and leads it over to the fire in the center of the encampment. The girl in the Ramones shirt comes and stands next to you. I would not worry about that coming to pass. I am very gifted with with my herbs. Oh, cool. I'm gifted with herbs, too. But, Grandma, if it comes to it, she will decimate the seaboard in a tsunami of pain and fury. Oh. Well, let's, let's hope it works. Weren't there three more of you when you left? Oh, yeah. We went swimming. And when we went swimming to find the Z, we bumped into these things that were, like, technically. But then they weren't. But then they were again. And, like, they took Sir Osmond. And then and then Father O'Malley was like, I have to go get him, my son. I'm like, okay. And Og was like, shark. Which, you know. It does make sense for him to say that, yes. Yeah, and since I can't do anything, I brought the Z. You cannot do anything? Well, my punches are ineffective against the, um, skinwalkers, I think you called them? Skinnies? I don't know. They change shape. Shape changers. Skinwalkers are very difficult for us to fight. Yes, well, Father Osmond could beat one up. So he is going to try to fight it alone? With both fists, and a sword, and a shark, and a knight of the round. It's gonna be pedantic. 
don't know what that word means. I do not think it means what you think it does. Um, I don't know. It sounds like a really big form of epic. Pedantic. N- no, no. Ped- pedantic is when you you argue over words. This is pedantic. Are you sure? I am going to go check on the ritual. And she walks away. Sir Osmond. Yes. It's dark. Very dark. You don't think you're in water anymore. But you can't be certain. You feel as though you've maybe been tossed around and dragged, possibly for miles. I reach for the top part of my helmet atop my head and uh, reach for some kind of uh, squeezing apparatus that I was informed of that will uh, apparently, as though a torch, uh, create light from which I could see. And then boom. You're in a well-lit room. Well-lit because of you. There are elaborate carvings on the walls in a medieval style and a simple stone pedestal that you are chained to. The only exits to this room that you can see are collapsed and filled with stone. Though, if you look up, you do see a break in the ceiling of the chamber. Well, restraints are for prisoners, and I am a knight of the round table, and I would like to break these restraints. And thus do I, with all of my muscle and strength, try to pull the restraints out of the stone shape that they are attached to. You heave and you pull, but whoever did this obviously thought ahead. And it's likely that they had some... And it's likely that they had some idea of your strength, because these are very thick chains. And they are wrapped around you in multiple layers. As you heave and pull, you hear a little bit of movement to the side of the room. I turn to face it with my torchlight-bearing helmet. You find yourself gazing at a writhing lump of flesh limbs and eyes and mouths form into being before moments later being reabsorbed into this mass. It's roughly twice the size of a man. And after you stop moving, it settles and just kind of returns to a more dormant state. So our shape-shifting nemeses see fit to take off with one of our members, eh? You may believe that you have done yourself a service by taking out I, Sir Osmond, Knight of the Round Table. But you will be quite disappointed, for the true strength of our camaraderie comes not from I, but from our brotherhood. It bubbles and belches and spits out something that lands in front of you with a loud clank. It appears to be a helmet, similar to the one you had when you first arrived. Inside is a battered skull. 
frustration abounds at the nature of my binding. Idle threats! Your measures do not take a single ounce of fear in my heart. A creature such as you will know its end. One of its mouths forming in the royal lingers for just long enough to whisper. The master is coming. Another minute passes. You hear what you're guessing is a rope ladder being dropped to the ground behind you. And another minute or two after that, you hear boots on the stone floor approaching. And so has the master, as your being here describes you, come to gloat, thinking himself or herself to have won, hmm? When I first saw you at the druid camp, I didn't have any idea who you were, but here we are. Once again, you're in my hair. You're surviving what should easily kill you, and you are making yourself every bit the pain in the ass that I would expect from one of your order. And as he walks in front of you, you're not certain you recognize this man. He's very plain-looking, very boring. Your eyes kind of slip off of him when you're not looking directly at him. Trying to keep him in your memory is difficult. I didn't realize you were a part of this until, well, he kneels down in front of you and taps your eye patch. Take your fetid hands off of me. You may have bound me here, separated me from my comrades, but do not think for one moment that justice will not prevail on this day and see you, whomever you are, with all of your elusiveness, will survive. Hmm. You speak to me as if I hadn't routed the great Titania herself. I've bound the spirit of Barty Russo. I've driven the druids underground. All that's left is for me to claim my prize. But lo and behold, someone has beaten me to it. Where is it? Where? And so you have lost already. You claim to have routed the great Titania, a being so majestic that she will never know something so paltry as defeat. You claim to have driven the druids underground, but a fool that you are do not realize that the ground itself is a font of power for them and their magical kind. And you think to have won your prize, when you should know first of all, there is no prize for a loser. He backhands you. Across the mouth, take one harm, defeating armor. Mm. If that is all that you have for a knight of the round table, I would suggest that you do far, far better for such an impudent creature as yourself. You think that's all? 
You think I do not have eyes right this moment upon the princess in her magic wagons that I do not have people ready to take care of Luan in her mystical fortress. The ladies of this time, much like the ladies of my time, are far and away out of the reach of cretins such as yourself. But are they out of reach of them? Seagulls begin squawking from up above. Dozens, hundreds of them. I have taken the heart of the Master of Birds, and they serve me now. And they can go so many places and do so many things. If you won't tell me where it is, then maybe we can trade. I'll start bringing you body parts, and you can tell me when you're ready to answer. And he walks away. You'll be back. A fool like you. Seeking to use a knight as a tool for bargaining. To use threats with him will always come back. I will be back. That's that's the entire crux of my threats, is that I will be back. And all the more desperate each time. I... Does this guy even understand how this is supposed to work? No. <clears throat> and... You hear him climbing up the rope ladder. My valor shall outweigh your desperate search. A moment later, once again you hear boots on the ground. With some haste, they approach, and into your view steps Father Romali. Hey folks, welcome to the middle of episode 24. We just wanted to give a quick thank you to all of our listeners for sticking along. And just a quick reminder that you can catch all the episodes of Expeditions of the Extra Normal on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, and many more. Also, don't forget to check out our other podcast, Weirdwood Preparatory Academy. This one's rated M for Mature, but that's okay, because it's cool too. Episode 26 is right around the corner, and we'd love to hear your questions about the show. So go ahead and leave us a line in the comment section of anywhere you happen to listen to the episodes, or shoot us an email at theombrotheater at gmail.com, and we'll try to answer your questions when episode 26 comes out. And now, back to the show. Sir Osmond. Ah, yes, the good father. Just as I had expected, my comrades have come for my rescue imminently. Yes, let's stop screaming about all the secret shit that's happening and just get you out of here. At this point, you're both attacked. Having made no effort to stealth your approach, the skinwalker in the room has detected you and lunges for you, Father O'Malley. It's a good thing that um, I have a foot with which to kick it. So I'm going to meet its lunge with a kick. World kicks a mess. 
a 6 and a 4 is a 10, plus my tough of 3 is a 13. That's a full success. It sure is. What is your additional effect? Uh, my additional effect is going to be to take less harm. So, in taking less harm, you take four. All right, which I... As you plant your foot into this giant ball of mouth and fangs. All right, I reduce by one for armor, and it takes two harm. There is a sizzle, and the sound of maybe a dozen squeals of pain simultaneously. This thing roils and churns and starts taking a new form. It's large, almost like like a turtle the size of a horse, but covered with chitinous protections with two large claws in addition to its legs. It braces behind the armor and looks as though it's ready to strike when you approach. The fool has gone on the defensive. Now quickly, cut me loose. Um, I will uh, swing around and hack the chain with my sword. There's a burst of flame and a loud snapping noise as you free Sir Osmond. I quickly retrieve any armaments that might be in sight for me so that I am fully armed again. You reach down and pick up a sword, and this isn't your sword. It's comfortable and feels familiar in your hands, but this is definitely not the sword you had most recently. For the king and for the order. And I grab Father Meliot by the shoulder and begin pushing our way towards the rope ladder. This monstrous beast is trying to interpose itself between you and the ladder. In fact, you're fairly certain that if you were to start climbing the ladder, it would be easily able to pluck you right off. It is a turtle-like shape with the uh, limbs receded inside in a defensive formation, you said, correct? With two additional large clawed arms. I'd like to try to flip this turtle onto its back. Okay, roll to act under pressure. Uh, that is a six and a four. Plus my cool of plus one. An eleven, you lure its strike and step in. And using the sword for leverage, you apply as much torque as you can and flip it right on its back. As its back hits, its body goes fluid for just a moment, and its back becomes its front, and its front becomes its back. And it is upright once again. But it would be further from the rope ladder, an advantage I would like to have us take advantage of. So who would like to try to make use of this opening? I'm not going anywhere until I see Osmond start his ascent. I clutch this new sword in my teeth and begin to climb. 
As soon as I can climb behind him, I will begin to do so as well. Scrozman, please roll to act under pressure. There it is. Uh, so one and a two is three, plus cool of one for four. That sounds great. It does. You are going to gain an experience point. And this thing just grabs you as you're climbing. And throws you across the room. You skid and tumble and hit the far wall. Your armor soaks up most of this damage. But it did tear down the rope ladder as it hit you. The two of you are now trapped with the skinwalker. Trevor! Hey, man! I forget what you were doing because the other scene's just so intense. Well, you see, I was on the beach and there was sand everywhere. Sipping some pina coladas? So I started to build a sandcastle. Okay. So the waiter brings you your drink, and your sandcastle's looking pretty rad. Hot diggity. I modeled this one after my home when I was a child in Wales. That's the same place that I uh, found the room where I found the stop to go find Sir Osmond. Fair enough. I didn't realize that you were Welsh. Oh, I'm not. Well, I mean, I might be. But, like, you know, that's where, like, all the old-timey stuff happened. Way back in my family. And it's kind of like an ancestral thing. So, you know, I guess... So you're at your ancestral castle? Yeah. Sounds good. And right now, they are trying to cure the sea blasted. Yeah. Yeah. Behind me, with Grandma. And the bird girl. So, like, I'm going to wander over there and see how things are going. Okay. They're doing some sort of wacky magic ritual. Cool, man. You're not exactly sure what they're doing, but it's wacky and it's magical. All right. I've seen some pretty intense stuff in life, so, like, you know. Cool. What are my friends are doing? And I call the cell phone that I gave to Og when we went to the water factory. Okay. A moment later. It takes you two, two or three tries to get through before he can figure out how to turn it on. Oh, cool. Hey, man. Are you there? Sure. Oh, cool, man. So, like, did you find Sir Osmond? Sure. Oh. And, like, are you on your way back? Sure. Okay. So, like, do you need me to come pick you up? Sure. All right. Um, can you, like, send me the GPS coordinates? Sure. Sure. No, it's really easy. You just... Push a button on the front, and it'll show you where you are. And then there's going to be a little thing on there that lets you share it. And then you share it. And when you push that button, you got to find my name. And then when you find my name, you push that. And then you hit the little arrow that sends it. And when you send that, I'll get it. And then I'll know where you are. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Sure. I'm counting on you, buddy. Click. Okay, so I'm going to need you to roll Act Under Pressure. Well, a four and a three is a seven. And my act under pressure is a one to make that an eight. Yeah. So he sends you a screenshot of the loading screen for the GPS. And after four or five more calls, 
you are able to get a rough triangulation of where he is. But it will take you a little bit of time to get there. Basically, he sent you, like, there's a picture of... There's, like, a selfie of him trying to figure things out, and you recognize a bluff in the background, and you're pretty sure that the beach that he's at is this one you've competed at before, and... Well, I am a detective. And you're a detective, and you hear, like, some guy peddling hot dogs nearby, and you know the guy in that cart, and usually only works in one of two places. So, you're able to figure this out without too much trouble. But it does take some time. But it's okay, because everything's fine. There's no rush. Yeah, man. Because if there was a rush, then, like, you know, I'd know. There would be this gut feeling that made me go faster. But I couldn't go faster, because, you know. You don't have any powers that would let you do that, do you? Wait, let me see. Um, Nope. I have no crazy abilities like that. So you smile to yourself, and you get going. Back to the cave. Sir Osmond? Yes. Father O'Malley? Yes. Your primary hope of escape has just been shredded in front of you. All right, I round on the creature, look it square in the eye, and say, Almighty God, I ask you to send your angels to be with me in this place and protect me from all assaults of the evil. Dispel the powers of darkness that may be in this room and protect me this night, and those who will sleep here in the forthcoming nights. Jesus, I trust in you. And then I am casting out evil. Okay, roll to cast out evil. Okay, that is a six and a two, which is an eight, and I add my tough, which is a nine, ten, eleven. So on a ten plus, it is banished. Meaning? So it is banished, so I may banish an unnatural creature from my presence, but... The banished creature is unharmed, and I have no control over where it goes. It just goes from beyond my presence. You got it. A shimmering white force, vaguely humanoid, appears in front of you. It's not what one traditionally would call an angel, but it is definitely some being of purity and power it reaches out and touches this abomination and there's a shifting as its physical mass rewrites itself in front of you and it and the divine energy struggle and compete to force through and overpower the other. And there is suddenly silence as this creature is bathed in this gentle white glow and is carried out of the hole. Well, Osmond, uh, I bought us time. I don't know if the other one... Uh, which is circling with the seagulls, 
will come in to see what happened. I don't know if the seagulls are going to dive bomb us, and I certainly don't know how we are going to reach that hole in the ceiling. So any suggestions that you might have uh, would be welcome at this time. I look back at the stone pillar or altar that I had been previously bound to. Would it be possible to maneuver that in such a way that it could be the best platform on which to stand on to reach what remains of the rope ladder? I would like you to roll to read a bad situation. Well, with my one and my five, combined with my sharp of plus one, I have a total of seven. You get a hold one. What's my best way out? If you could move the pillar, and one of you were to stand on the other's shoulders, it is possible that that person could get out. With me, father, it is time that our strength takes place on this momentous heroic occasion. Lead on, good knight. And together we begin to push the pillar over to underneath the rope ladder's remains. The pillar is built into the stone floor. It is also very strongly carved with many symbols of Christian imagery. Christian imagery? But it is solidly cast into the ground? Yes. This is something you might be able to break and move. Alright, Osmond. As much as it might hurt to use such fine weaponry as ours for the task of masonry, I think we are going to have to try to strike to break the pillar from the ground. And then I take a position to the left of the pillar, uh, holding my sword low to swing at the base of the pillar. Okay, Father O'Malley, I would like you to roll to act under pressure. A six and a two is an eight, plus my cool of one is a nine. With a nine, you strike with as much might as you can muster. And a crack forms along the base of this pedestal, almost sheerly across the bottom. But a similar crack spiderwebs through your sword. Well, Osmond, uh, I don't think my sword can take another strike. Perhaps no sword need may. And I will try to manipulate this pillar by using a lot of muscle to the, break it from the base. The crack went straight through it. It is difficult to move simply because it's heavy, but it is no longer connected to the ground. I begin pushing it over towards the rope ladder. And I will help. After returning my sword to my gym bag. The pillar is now directly beneath the hole in the remnants of the rope ladder. I suppose there's no better way than up, and I will climb the pillar. I will look for and 
pick up and grab the discarded part of the rope ladder that had been cut down, and then make you're my way able on top. To get most of it, but you're going to climb up on top of Father O'Malley. I'm going to have Father O'Malley stand upon my shoulders, that he may be the first one up. Given your armor, that's probably the most practical approach. You climb atop Sir Osmond's shoulders and are able to get your fingers onto the lowest rung of this rope ladder. With some effort, you're able to pull yourself up. But you're both very tough individuals. This is not the hardest thing you're going to do today. All right, Osmond, uh, hand me the length of rope that you retrieved from the room. At our distance, it'll be more of a toss. A toss, I do, yes. I do hurl up uh, a good lengthy chunk up to you, keeping my hands firmly on the half still on in my hand. So, you both have pieces of this rope. All right, I'm going to tie off uh, the, the, the length of rope to the bottom rung of the ladder. And then give Osmond the thumbs up that he should be able to climb the ladder, uh, climb the rope. Then we're going to need an act under pressure from Sir Osmond. As always. Hmm. Well, I've rolled a one and a two. Which would give me a total of four. But I really hate this pit, so I'm going to spend a point of luck to say I succeeded. You succeed. You exit this underground chamber, and you are up top with Father O'Malley, just as Og and Trevor crest the nearby hill. Ebbs, you found us. Hey, man. It wasn't easy, but I did it. All thanks to Og, and I give him a high five. You hold up your hand, and he just kind of puts his nose under it as though you were petting him. Oh, well, then I pet him. That's okay. Truly, our finned friend is a godsend. So, did you have a pedantic fight? Uh, no, our... Well, I mean, I did end the fight uh, through an exchange of words, but it was not itself pedantic. Uh. How, How do you know that word? You know, actually, don't. <laughs> never mind. Ah, I don't. Okay. I. You sure. Yeah. All right. I'm good. We're taking the whole day as a win. And I head towards the boat. Wait. I will follow along. I, everybody looks okay, right? I guess I should have generalized that. I I didn't get any vibes of like somebody's dying on their last breath, and I should get over there and help them. I think everybody physically looks okay, but Sir Osmond does have a new sword. But it looks just like his old sword, the one he was in the tomb with. Ah. Well, cool, man. Boat's this way. All right. Let us finish our current mission, and then we may want to see Sir Osmond's blacksmith friend. uh, For my sword has seen better days. Mm Mm-hmm.